0: That's right. You're listening to Money FM 89.3 time now for market view where we take a look at how the Singapore stock market is likely to close for the day, the biggest movers, sectors and companies to watch. But it's always a quick recap of how we started. Well, Singapore shares started on the front foot today, a mirroring Wall Street stocks overnight advances. In early trade, the Straits Times index up 0.4% to 3,253 points after nearly 43 million securities changed hands in the broader market. Market. Let's take you through the numbers that I have on my screen. Are Still thumbing up though. At a Straits Times Index, up 0.25%, and we're looking at 3,148 points. In terms of value turnover, that's 1.14 billion Sing dollars. Gainers trod, losers 251 versus 333. Top five movers by value we've got here DBS, Capital, OCBC, EOB, and Semco Industries. Heavily traded securities we've got here Capital. Allianz, Citrium and Gunting Singapore. In terms of companies to watch for today, we do have Maple Tree Pan Asia Commercial Trust, a DPU down 9.1% to 2.2 Singapore cents for third quarter ended December. Meanwhile, from expectations on the Fed's messaging in its latest policy meeting to more on Elon Musk's Friendship Company, Neuralink. More international headlines in focus today. Joining me on the line is Toby Gresham, Investment Counselor Team Lead at City Private Bank. Toby, welcome.
1: Thanks so much, Tian, Tian. Great to be on.
0: Great to have you as always. And Toby, let's start with the Singapore stock market as usual. How has the SDF fed so far today? Any surprises when it comes to the biggest movers? And perhaps the second part of the question is, we've seen the liquidation of China Evergrande. How has that weighed on stocks with Chinese exposure?
1: Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, Singapore is, is always the resilient market in Asia and, and it's done it again, certainly on, you know, albeit marginal, but on the positive side. Um, but anything China related in the market today has been in the red and been dragged down. Um, Hong Kong, you know, down at over 2 percent, Shanghai and Shenzhen down 1.7 and 2.7. Um, and broad equities, you know, let's not forget, they're down about five broad China equities are down about 5 percent year to date. So China Evergrande news, look, it's not new news, but I mean, you know, I think um, a liquidation was a shock to the market, and it it certainly piled the pain onto the China property sector. So anything that's relating to to China property across any of the markets in Asia have dragged the market down. Um, Offsetting that, though, interestingly, Mm -hmm. um, we've seen yields begin to come down on the 10 years on, on the Singapore bonds. Um, following, you know, more global bonds in the U.S. And this is sort of heading into the Fed decision um, uh, midweek. And so with yields falling down, anything paying a higher dividend has rallied in response. And so a lot of REITs which don't have China exposure in the thing yeah. market are up. And, you know, I think in, in that regard, it sort of helped Singapore be able to offset some of this China negative news.
0: Hmm. And Speaking of REITs, let's take a look at Maple Tree Pan-Asia Commercial Trust. DPU down 9.1% for third quarter ended December. We've got Capital Land India Trust as well. DPU down 21% on year for FY 2023. Capital Land China Trust, uh, DPU down 11.8% for second half ended December. Are there any common factors behind these three REITs? Uh, does any of this come as a surprise to you?
1: Yeah, so I mean... Uh... Although, yes, we have seen these dividends, um, you know, being dividend distributions heading down, there isn't a common theme. And and a lot of that's offset by the performance of some of these underlying names. Um, Interestingly, Maple Tree Pan-Asia was up 3%. And yet, you know, uh, at the same time, when we look at um, the story in regard to the India Trust, that that was down 3%. The commonality we see amongst all of these REITs is the costs uh, that we're all feeling, you know, moving up. That could be utilities. Um, in the case of India Trust, it's, it's financing costs that have come up and labor costs as well. And so from that perspective, you know, someone like Maple Tree, which has seen um, positive news and a positive outlook out of Singapore, that rallied up 3%. But you know, at the same time, their China story and their higher utility costs were a drag. And at the same on the India side, there was, there was some FX conversion drag as well. Um, I, you know, INR into sing dollar. But broadly, they're also struggling with high, higher finance costs.
0: Mm, and across the region there, Toby, let's take a look at Southeast Asia. Tech in Asia reported that Grab captured 55% of Southeast Asia's food delivery market in 2023. Um, what is or how is the food delivery landscape looking like and changing right now? And what will determine who leads in future?
1: Yeah, so it, it, you're, you're quite right to point out it has changed quite significantly and, and look, Grab is definitely one of the winners. There was a period in, in the last year or so which we will have all noticed in terms of aggressive discounting to get market share. Those delivery costs were lower and now, you know, we have more established players in these markets. Those delivery costs are creeping up and so their margins have improved and a lot of that is easing in competition. Um, we are beginning to see a lot more of the smaller, unprofitable delivery rivals losing market share in the face of you know, the economies of scale of larger players. Um, examples of that, I think end of last year in Vietnam, Delivery Hero ended a joint venture. They're scaling back on food Panda and some of the other East Asian markets. Mm-hmm. So really, I mean, the message is if you've got size and scale, that's going to matter going forward. Um, and actually, interestingly, we're beginning to see more and more things offered for delivery. Um, if you want flowers delivered to your door, um, Grab Thailand can do that for you now.
0: And Toby, let's talk about Chinese tech titans. Uh, the CEO of Tencent Holdings, Pony Ma, he said that the video game business for Tencent faces great challenges from competitors, but the firm is catching up on AI development. Now, more notably, what stood out for me was that he said, that the firm has been resting its laurels in gaming while competitors develop new hits. How would you read into this? And if we look at the uh, social media landscape in China again, how is it changing?
1: Yeah, I mean, look, I think there's a wider trend here where as competition picks up, everyone's trying to look for an edge to be able to um, continue to grow these businesses at the trajectories that they previously did. And, you know, a lot of that is, is, is looking to find new revenue streams. Um, AI can help with that on gaming, and so any advantage you can get in, in terms of turning out um, gaming solutions and, and having that edge, you know, obviously anyone's going to jump on that. Um, I think interestingly though, we're seeing a, a trend where you know we're looking at new revenue streams by um, by social media firms looking to monetize their substantial user base. Uh, I guess in a world where influencers, you know, are trying to place products
0: mm-hmm. if
1: that same platform can sell those products and take the margins um they're going to go ahead and try and do that and you know we've seen the regulator looking at that just to make sure that that, it, that it's on side but that trend is only going to continue
0: mm-hmm. and
1: i think one thing that we can can argue even with uh, you know a macro recovery in, in, in markets like china uh Competition is going to result in more 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 contracted margins and likely more cannibalising of other people's business to try and capture some of their revenue streams.
0: Mm, and given, uh, I suppose, WeChat's. Uh Positioning and in terms of mini apps, its competitive advantage there it, it does raise a question as to whether is the right strategy to go into social media and to compete in terms of live streaming e-commerce. But let's take a look at what's happening further away. Toby, the U.S. Fed slated to meet later to decide on the latest monetary policy. Of course, we're expecting them to hold interest rates. But the devil's always in the details, isn't it? What kind of tone are you expecting from officials? And also on the earnings front, big tech earnings coming from Microsoft and Alphabet. How far will the results align with what the Fed said about the global economy?
1: Yes, and you're right to pick up on the tone. No one's expecting um, a cut in the the February meeting, but everyone's focused on the March meeting. Um, In in December, when the Fed uh, went from, you know, we were expecting hawkish or less hawkish and they came out dovish. Um, everyone was putting, believe it or not, almost 100% probability on a cut in March. Yeah. That, that has dropped to about 50-50. And so all the market's going to be pouring over the language uh, and, and the tone struck by the Fed to give us better insight as to whether a cut in the March meeting is on. Um, the other thing that they'll be looking at is the dot plots to get an idea on how different members of the Fed are wavering and, and whether there's you know more dots that are going to fall uh, down 25 50 basis points in the march side of the plot um so that's going to be pulled over closely now this week is a big tech week um we have uh, microsoft and alphabet reporting after um tonight and then we've got apple amazon and meta on friday yeah um but these were the winners of 2023 and they have a lot of expectation. They're sort of carrying the weight of the AI theme on their shoulders. So uh, the bar is high and the results will have to be high and at the top end to to deliver and maintain the strong start to 2024. Um, Anything short of that, and you know, you could see a a little bit of a sell off there. Um, Crucially though, I think from our perspective, we've actually been looking at at some of the tech sectors away from these mega cap tech names. We've been looking at the semiconductors and the software that that we think can catch up on on you know some of the performance we've seen last year from these large cap names, and so to avoid some of the event risk going into earnings this week, you know we've been allocating capital into into the semiconductors and software sector.
0: Right, a very quick one over here. When we talk about tech stocks and their results, we talked about the AI boom. Is it going to be an accurate reflection of what's going on in the rest of the U.S. economy, though?
1: Um, look, I, I think from that perspective. Um, the, the AI, the, the large mega cap names have captured a, a large amount of this business um, of, of AI in terms of the semicons and in terms of the technologies, especially through the likes of NVIDIA that have, have an advantage there. Um, I, I think more broadly, you know, we are positive on, on equities and we do think there's going to be some catch up, if you like, from some of the other sectors. Mm-hmm. But, you know, given that most of the performance we've seen year to date has dragged up the S&P. If these big cap tech names have, you know, some poor results um, coming into tonight and Friday, then I do think that will set back the the, the S&P in the short term. Longer term, you know, we are positive into the second half of the year Mm. um, that we're going to see more tailwinds uh, driving equity markets higher.
0: Right. And before we let you go, Toby, we must talk about Elon Musk. He said that Neuralink's his brain chip startup first human patient received an implant on Sunday and is recovering well. Would you be surprised? Any quick thoughts on the matter?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I understand reading up on this as new technologies called telepathy. Um, and, and it's really hitting the headlines because of, you know, the connection into Musk. Um, the reality is, I think, competitor firms have been looking at this technology and exploring the idea that, you know, a digital bridge between neurons in our brains and the, the dashes and dots um, in computing can can, can look to uh, you know advance medical science quite significantly. Um, I think that the applications are exciting. You know, that he is he is talking about the fact that you can effectively give speech or text to those that can't speak, and you know, potential mobility even to, to the disabled. The the regulator approved testing on humans last year for for his Neuralink firm. And so it's very early days. But it does ask the question, I guess, uh, um, as we see these tech advances coming through, can it live up to its name, telepathy?
0: Right, uh, lots to watch, I suppose. Thanks a lot, Toby. That was Toby Gresham, investment counselor team lead at City Private Bank. Thank you very much for joining us on Money FM eighty nine point three. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.